Slick drop, boot to the face, we won't fold Quick to put a dude in this place, he out cold With a tombstone, grab at the waist, get laid flat Can't escape, nowhere to go, the cage match It's on now, when I spot him, it's no problem Everybody stone cold till they hit with the rock bottom Sharpshooter, I won't miss him like Bret Hart Like Al Snow, they gon' need him a head start I just might catch a better body than Mickey James Get acquainted with the name, we bringin' the pain Like Kane in the ring, all I see is red Paul Bearer, Undertaker, I can see the dead John Cena putting hands in your face Ted DiBiase got a milli on the waist B2TF, better stay in your place Or get smacked down, play it safe, what you talking about? Welcome to Boot to the Face, Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on Twitch, powered by FullPressCoverage.com, where I am sure if you go there, they will have wall-to-wall coverage on, sadly, not AEW All-In, but all the bullshit surrounding CM Punk. College football starts this week. EJ, I see you got your Gamecocks shirt on. Go dogs! And the NFL got down to 53 members of the roster on every team this week. We are nine days away from the NFL season kicking off. So business is picking up, if you will, in the words of uh, Dusty Rhodes and Jim Ross. How you doing, brother? Can't complain. Most exciting time of the year. Fall right around the corner. Football starting to ramp up. Like you said, college football this weekend. Man. Full-fledged into sports mode now. Yeah, it's that time of year. You got to... If you if you got a woman, you got to let her know early. Like, no apple picking. No fucking trips to Ikea. We ain't going to Costco. None of that shit. It all needs to get done during the week because... On the weekends, it's football wall to wall, baby. And I fucking love every second of it, especially when the Cowboys are good. It just makes football more fun. Yeah. Our problem is Cowboys fans is postseason, those postseason woes. But. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about that right now. We got to get there first. We got to win a couple games and get in the playoffs. Then we'll worry about the playoff stuff. But uh, how's your week been? Everything good? Yeah, man. It's only Tuesday, so a lot of the week still left. Well, about half of me. So, same old, same old, man. How about on your end? Everything's been good. Uh, went to AEW last week. That was a lot of fun. That seems like forever ago. Uh, oh, yeah, man. We got to hear about that experience. It was fun. Uh, me and my boy Joey went. Still tell Joe. Um, it's on the other side of Atlanta, so it's kind of inconvenient. So, I ended up getting a hotel and staying on that side so I could, you know, stay out, drink a little, get to bed at a decent time, get up and get to work. Um, But AEW was fun. They were in an arena that sat 7,000 people, and I think we had, like, less than 400 tickets last I looked on WrestleTix. So the arena was pretty full, which led me to believe if they would have did it at State Farm Arena, more than likely it would have had, like, eight, ten thousand 10,000 people because – State Farm's just more convenient. Like, I imagine a lot of people said, fuck that. I'm not driving to Duluth. Um, the crowd was hot. It was way hotter than the last time when I filmed CM Punk wrestling. And you could hear the air conditioner turn on in the background. Um, crowd was hot. Sting was there. Uh, Punk was there. All the stars were there, really. The Young Bucks were there. Omega. Um, 
they recorded Collision, which I only watched. I only watched. They recorded the eight man tag, which ended up being the main event of Collision, if I'm not mistaken. But they recorded that as soon as Dynamite was over. So the crowd was still there. And then once that match was over, we left. And from what I understand, like half the people left also. So there was still a women's match that took place. There was still a couple. Like I didn't know Ricky Starks was going to be there. Apparently he was there on Collision. Um, but it was okay. They uh, you, Normally AEW reports, they don't have a lot of merch there. Which they didn't this time as well. But I did get a Bullet Club gold shirt. I don't know if you can see that or not. Um, you got the same exact shirt I got. Can I tell you something about AEW that I don't like? Two things. One, Pro Wrestling Tees is shitty. I hate Pro Wrestling Tees. And they clearly have a contract with them. But two, every fucking AEW shirt now has this goddamn AEW logo in the middle of it. <laughs> Shit pisses me off. Like it, This is a Bullet Club gold shirt. I don't need it to say AEW right there. Yeah, mark their territory, man. Put it on the back. Like New Japan. New Japan puts their little shit on the back collar. I love that. It can't cost that much more money to do that. Or put it on the fucking sleeve. You know what I mean? But you put it smack dab in the middle of the goddamn shirt and room. AEW just does all this little shit to just like fuck stuff up. Like it could be perfect and they fuck it up. Where did WWE put it on there on the tag? I can't remember because I don't have any WWE shirts with the logo in front like that. Yeah, WWE's logo is like literally. Where the tag goes, like an NFL shirt or a Nike shirt. They put their shit there. But if AEW wants to brand, honestly, like, I would love it if they put AEW across the sleeve right here. I think that's dope. Like, the old school Bullet Club shirts used to have a Bullet Club logo on the sleeve of the shirt. And then New Japan had their logo on the back collar of it, which is fine. Like, I like that. But in this is a gold fucking Bullet Club logo. And then you got that ugly-ass white AEW shit in the middle of it, like. Ugh, I don't know. Not what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, as far as the show goes, what time did you get there? Uh, we got there. We got there early because it hadn't started yet. Uh, Jack Perry, they recorded his collision stuff before the show, so the stuff with him and Hook beforehand was recorded before Dynamite went on air, and then they made it kind of seem like it happened on Collision, but it didn't. Uh, so we got there early enough to see Jack Perry. He was completely over as a heel. We saw Hook come out, and then your boy TK came out all fucking coked up to the gills. And then the show kicked off. And like I said, it was a lot of fun. It was a good show. We had really good seats. They weren't that expensive. Uh, pretty close to the fucking stage. You know, the production looks way better than it used to as far as, like, the screen and all that. Like, AW put on a good show, man. I, I can't complain. I really can't. I thought I would be on here bitching and complaining about stuff, but honestly, like, I had a good time. The only thing I can complain about was the location of the arena. I think they should go to State Farm next time. Other than that, I got no complaints. My boy John say. Moxley always fucking comes and walks by me every time I go to an AW <laughs> show, no matter where I sit. Two questions I was going to ask. Uh, they didn't shoot any ROH stuff there? If they did, it was well after we left. I mean, they. Uh, I would imagine that they did ROH a different taping because they did Collision right after. Mm-hmm. And Collision's a two-hour show, so I don't think they could have did any kind of ROH shit while they were there. At least I didn't see it. And then second question, 
Not really a question, really, I guess. I guess it could be a question. You think they would still sell more than 7000 if they would have went to State Farm? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because this this arena, when I tell you it's inconvenient, it's fucking inconvenient. Like, depending on where you live. I think they could have got another couple thousand people in there. Like I said, it was set up for seven, and I think there was only 400 tickets left. I think they could have got a couple more thousand people in State Farm. I really do. AEW's hot right now also. Like, not maybe not everywhere, but they were definitely hot in Atlanta. Like, that crowd was... They were eating up every fucking thing. I mean, they did Boston. They did the main arena in Boston, so I don't I don't know. I felt like the size arena that they were in for you is what they need to be in on a regular basis. Maybe, in, I guess, in middle America and other yeah. parts of the country, but Atlanta is a big city, so they probably would have been able to pull off State Farm. But I could I agree know. with that. If they go like Omaha or some shit like that, maybe even like a 4,000-seat arena. But in Atlanta, like, you just have to know the logistics of Atlanta to know that, like, Duluth is not the most, like, that's where, say, Taylor Swift, when she's here, her and Beyonce, they go to Mercedes-Benz, right, which is right next to State Farm. But then you get somebody like, who's a smaller artist, I don't fucking know. Any smaller artist would go to Duluth because it's such a smaller arena. And people would, they make the trek out there. Or, like, they have comedy shows. That's where our, like, minor league hockey team played. That's where our uh, our lingerie football team played at. Like, it's just, it's inconvenient. It's like, if, you, if you're in the neighborhood and you're not doing anything, come on by. But, honestly, AEW, they could have got 10,000 people in Atlanta, I think. I really do. They did the first time. It was a fucking sellout oh, yeah. at State Farm the first time when they came here. Now, they had Cody and Wardlow in a cage, but we didn't fucking know that when we bought the tickets. <laughs> they had, they did face each other in the cage, didn't they? I can't even remember. Yeah, I got a video of Cody fucking moonsaulting off the top of the cage. Man, that seems like ages ago. Yeah. It I'm does. surprised. Uh, how come they didn't do, like, Georgia Tech Arena? Does Georgia Tech have an arena? I don't fucking know. ACC to play in a Power Five conference. I don't know if, if uh, I don't even know where Georgia Tech plays it, but I can't ever think of like anything being advertised for the Georgia Tech arena. They play at Macamish Pavilion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where the fuck. I couldn't point that to you on a map. And it and it holds almost nine thousand. Mm. Where is it? So. Does it tell you where it's at? I'd love to know where that's at. So, because I have to drive by Georgia Tech to get to State Farm. Uh-huh. So the map shows it being. Ooh, I don't even know how to describe it. These like coordinates because looking at the <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, fuck it. It's it's at that. It looks like some big interstate. The coordinates, like like somebody would know the coordinates. <laughs> But yeah, I'm st- I think it's that smack dab downtown. So yeah, I I mean I can't remember seeing another arena downtown besides fucking uh, State Farm. I think Georgia Tech plays at uh, their baseball team plays at Turner Field, don't they? Mm. That would be pretty interesting to that. I don't. I have never heard of a college pl- a team playing for a, 
a college baseball team playing at a pro arena. If they don't play at Turner Field, then I think one of the colleges around here, it could be Georgia State, their football team might play there. But somebody's playing at Turner Field. Uh, But regardless, like, State Farm would have been fine, you know, unless they just couldn't get it. And it's it's easier for the wrestlers and shit like that. Like, Duluth is just out in the fucking middle of nowhere. Like, it's probably an hour and a half from the airport. Oh, it's that far? Yeah, it's fucking, it's out of the way. Have you uh have you heard of nine six five Fowler Street? No, Joey Fowler Stillman Street. says Georgia State's arena holds seventy five hundred. So they had bigger arenas that are in Atlanta that they could have fucking tried to use. And they can't say that they don't do college because when we went to Orlando for uh what was that pay per view we saw? That was that was Revolution. Revolution. Was they were they were at a college. UCF. Yeah, they were at yeah. UCF for that, so Anyway, regardless, that's that's the only complaint I had. The location of the arena was just trash, but the event itself was a lot of fun. The people there were cool, you know. I did a lot of booing of CM Punk. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty sure I started a sucks chant when everybody was chanting CM Punk, and the sucks would come up. Also, <laughs> we were sitting in the front row of our section, and I never realized what I'm in the moment doing this. But I, like, stand up the whole time and boo CM Punk and talk shit. And everybody behind me sitting down. So I'm pretty sure there's people that just, like, remember me standing up in front of them the whole fucking time. But it's a wrestling event, man. What are you sitting down for? You got fucking Jay White, Sting, Hook is out there, CM Punk, Samoa Joe's on commentary. Like, you got all these fucking stars in the ring. Y'all are just sitting down. Like, get the fuck up. Let's talk some shit. Don't tell me you're that one guy with improper wrestling show etiquette. Improper etiquette? It's a wrestling show. Get the fuck up. People get tired of standing on their feet the whole time. Well, lose some weight. It's not that simple. It is that simple, fat fucks. So, you should have seen some of these sons of bitches around there, EJ. There was some, <laughs> there, I tell you what, this is. I do have this to say. I've been to a lot of AEW shows, and it's normally... Mainly just like white dudes, like overweight white dudes. There were some fine ass women at this show this time, and that's normally reserved for a WWE show. There's a lot of good looking women in the audience, so AEW is kind of branching out as far as like people that are watching. You know, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. You know, spread out and branch your demographic. Yeah, isn't there probably more kids going there too? I was gonna say there's 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 a few more kids this time also, but. Not as many kids, but just like, I don't know. I feel like women and kids is a demographic you need to go for. You don't need to be going for 18 to 34 male. Like, you have that already. The money's in the women and the kids. That's who spends money on your stuff. Yeah, the product is not quite kid-friendly, but it's a balance. You know, when the Attitude Era was in full swing, kids still watched it anyway, and that definitely wasn't for kids, so. Yeah. You just got to walk, walk that tightrope. Uh, let's get into it, EJ. We got a lot to cover, man. We got to do power rankings. We got to do uh, all-in review, which we I don't want to say we're not going to spend a lot of time on, but we're not going to go over every fucking match. And then we got to preview WWE Payback and All Out, and we don't even know the card for All Out yet. Uh, but let's start with news. Um, <laughs> stop me if you heard this before. CM Punk gets into a backstage altercation with another wrestler. 
this is what pisses me off. First, I'm going to tell you the news, if you don't know this already. It's been reported by Sports Illustrated that CM Punk and Jack Perry got into an altercation. Now, Jack Perry was on the pre-show, and he had something to say towards CM Punk on the camera. And when he left, CM Punk is at gorilla position, about to go open the biggest fucking pay-per-view in the history of wrestling, attendance-wise. That's not hyperbolic. That's not exaggeration. 81,000 people paid to go see this fucking show. Biggest in the history of wrestling. Not AEW. Not WCW. The history of wrestling. And you get into a fight before you go out to the fucking ring? Because somebody said something to you? This motherfucker has to be stopped. That's one. Two. This is what everybody's talking about. Nobody's talking about how great that pay-per-view was, which about halfway through, I thought it picked up big time and it got really fucking good. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about Soraya being your new fucking women's champion. Nobody's talking about Adam Cole and MJF. Nobody's talking about Sting being 64 years old, jumping through tables and shit like that, coming out to Metallica for the first time in 20 years. Nobody's talking about Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho who I don't even like, putting on a fucking banger. They're talking about CM Punk getting into a fight with Jack Perry. And now, a week before their second biggest show ever, which is their WrestleMania, basically, all out, reportedly, they're both suspended until further notice. All Out takes place in Chicago, EJ, real quick. Most people that bought tickets to All Out go there to see CM Punk. And now he won't be there because he can't keep his fucking hands to himself. I just don't get it. When did the report come out about the suspensions? Today. Okay, so that's a new fold to the story. Because, you know, I always come with the devil's advocate side of things. So I'm not defending CM Punk's behavior at all. Because everywhere this guy goes, trouble follows him. He's just a magnet and he brings it upon himself. But I feel like at this point in his status in the, co- in the company, I think that, I think it's the cool thing backstage to try to start stuff with this guy at this point. Really? I mean, it's just not unwarranted because this guy is kind of a dickhead. But from what I heard from that story, I heard that uh, Jungle Boy went backstage, I would imagine, bumped into him. Oh my God! No, not bumped into him. You're a grown like man. See him, see him. Punk's forty-three years old. You have to be able to separate yourself from the petty, childish bullshit and realize the totality of the moment. There's eighty-something thousand people out there on the other side of that curtain, and you back there getting into a fucking tussle when you're about to go out there. You can't wait till later. You can't just be like, yeah, whatever, nigga, and, and like, let it go. This ain't, this ain't the first time, EJ. This shit just keeps happening with this motherfucker. And that's what I said at this point. Even if he's trying not to get into these tussles and arguments, at this point, he has a reputation. So, I mean, like you said, he could be the bigger man and step away. But some people just don't have that in their DNA to do that. He's clearly trying to, though. Like... Every report that we read is him being an asshole. 
I don't know. This this situation with the Jungle Boy is just weird. I mean, so the way things played out, the glass thing happened weeks ago. All right, so Jungle Boy during his match said the glass thing. You know, you can pretty much ignore that. <laughs> but then when he goes backstage and bumps in them, I mean, you, it's all fine and dandy to say just let it go, but. Who knows how you would react in that situation? EJ, you're at work. You're a lawyer, right? You're at work. You got the biggest case in the history of your company happening. Like, record-breaking, right? Now, what people don't know is you and another lawyer don't get along. A lot of drama. You about to walk out there and present your case. And this nigga bumps into you. Yeah, EJ, you ain't shit. You really about to fucking put him in a reverse chin lock and fucking try to choke him out before you go into the court and present your case? Or are you going to be like, whatever, we'll handle that later? It's kind of a apples to oranges comparison, though. Is it, though? Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, it is. Because I've seen situations at UFC events where fighter that wasn't even supposed to fight a certain fighter they get into it backstage before the same day of the fight that's ufc ej that's real combat that's motherfuckers this, actually fighting this is simulated combat it's adjacent <laughs> it's not like they're in there doing paperwork and like you said about to go in front of a judge or anything they're about to go out there and simulate combat um i got i got some I'm, stuff to read from the chat real quick uh, Joey Stillman says punk ain't ready straight edge punk ain't really straight edge he's addicted to drama uh, Dave Curtis in the chat what up Dave he says seems like jungle bitch isn't worrying about record breaking crowds either and punk is a way more massive star know your fucking place normally Dave I would agree with you but punk is always doing this shit this this ain't the first time that's the thing and again and again, go ahead I was gonna say and again Dave's absolutely right. Punk is the bigger star, which is why he's got to be the one to be the bigger man and walk the fuck away and handle it later. You can't do that shit right before you walk out in front of 81,000 people. It just, the guy has no fucking, like, he just, he has no awareness. If he was a Madden player, his awareness would be like 13. So, in a vacuum, I would agree with Dave. But, CM Punk, you know, he has that reputation of, you know, being honorary and hard to deal with. So, you know, sometimes you only have three strikes or in Punk's situation, he had five, six strikes. So in the situation, Punk may have been in the right, but right. You, know, you have a reputation. You have a reputation. So exactly. you might want to kind of lay off on it because you know that you just came back from a long suspension because who knows what kind of stuff that jungle boy said to him he might have said to him some out-of-pocket stuff but like you said i guess he should have composed himself in that situation but you can't control how somebody's gonna react if you do some disrespectful stuff man dave says would you say the same shit if it was sting no and let me tell you why because if it was sting this would have been the first time this ever happened you've never heard anybody say anything bad about sting backstage so if sting gets into a fight with jungle boy it's jungle boy's fault a hundred percent I don't give a fuck when it happens, where it happens. It's Jungle Boy's fault. CM Punk does this shit all the time. Do you know that CM Punk, since he's been with AEW, 
he spent almost 50% time either suspended or in, injured as he has active on their roster. A fun fact. He's either been suspended or he's been hurt. Half the time he's been with AEW. I'm sorry. Like, the guy doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. He caused trouble on his way out of WWE. He fucking broke up with his best friend, like, in the most dramatic way possible. The shit at Brawl Out happened. And then less than a year later, it hadn't even been a year. He fucking does it again at the biggest show ever. Like, when are we going to stop giving this motherfucker the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, I don't like him. Okay? You don't have to take my word for it. But people that do like him, when are y'all going to say, God damn, enough is enough. I'm a big fan of Terrell Owens when he was with the Cowboys. Fucking loved him. First three years, two or three years or so, he was producing. He was catching touchdowns. I didn't care about the drama. That last year, it was kind of like, bro, like enough. Knock it off. Dez Bryant, same thing. I didn't care about all the shit that was happening with Dez. Because when we get inside the red zone, Roma would fucking just throw it up to him and he would catch it. When he stopped catching those, all that extra shit started wearing kind of thin with me. When are CM Punk fans going to realize that the fucking juice ain't worth the squeeze? They're not signing the checks. If Tony's feeling froggy, then release him. You don't think the juice is worth the squeeze? And I bet you WWE will sign him right away. Nah, he'll be done. If he does, If he wants to be done... Nah, WWE wouldn't money, touch him. WWE money. wouldn't touch him. Ooh, I bet WWE would at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe right after Brawl Out, but now that he's kind of I would, things a little I would fucking love for him to go to WWE and we hear Roman Reigns and tore a hole in his ass backstage. I mean, I don't just seem like in Roman's nature unless Punk just goes out of his way to mess with Roman. Nah, I, I, Roman's Samoan at the end of the day now. They ain't scared of fighting. Whatever is going on, they just need to fix it because they're leaving money on the table if they don't do Punk versus the Elite. That's my issue, though, when I'm saying about Punk fans. Like, the reason he hasn't gotten fired is because they just keep making excuses for this motherfucker. The reason that he got fired is Tony. Tony's the boss. The Punk fans aren't the boss. But when people, all right, I, I know you're playing devil's advocate, but, like, Dave in the chat clearly likes fucking Punk, right? I was at uh dynamite last week half the crowd was chanting for him half the crowd was booing him he's a lightning rod right so people are clearly still there to see him the the time to fire him is when people stop giving a shit about him dave says yeah he can't because he's bringing in money that's exactly right that's my question is when are his fans gonna realize like you know what man this motherfucker like enough is enough like he's literally letting his fans down. Now you can't see him at all out. They literally have a storyline involving him and the world title because he didn't get, he never lost the world title. So he's calling himself the real world champion. And now the motherfucker is suspended again. Hey, Come on, man. It's all about money. If the number's saying he's bringing money in, I mean, and. If you fire or if you release them, you have to pay out that contract. Who knows what that looks like? I don't, I don't know. If you motherfuckers getting in them fist fights backstage, I think there's a way you can fucking fire them without having to pay them. I don't know. It has to be a lot of legalities that come out of that. And 
EJ, if you get into a fight at work, you can get fired without getting paid the rest of your fucking, without severance pay. If you and another employee get into a fucking fist fight before you go walk into trial. Because I'm an at-will employee. Who knows what kind of caveats they have in his contract. I'm sure he has a star agent that did his contract work. Did Latrell Sprewell have to get money when he got released by the Golden State Warriors for choking PJ Carlissimo? Uh, I'm sure he did, yeah. You sure? Because he ain't got no money now. He broke his shit now, and he has spree wells. <laughs> Those spinning shoes. Spinning rims. Ugly. I'm just saying, Those man. Like, shoes. There's certain shit you can and can't do at work to violate your contract. I think, unless it's criminal, if you murder somebody, getting in a fist fight at work, I don't know if that, you know, lets you off the hook of paying your guy who signed a big contract, but what do I know? I hadn't looked at his paperwork. I'm pretty sure it does, though, like some kind of breach of contract. I, like I said, it all depends on the language of the contract. But, all right, we spent enough I time mean, on CM Punk. I, I, I'm, no, 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 because it all comes down. This is all Tony's fault. That, like that I agree time, with. I definitely agree half, with that. Half of the time, I think CM Punk is trying to find trouble, but I think half of the time people are trying to test him and trouble's coming to him. But you, that's when you need to be the boss and get everybody in the room and be like, this is where it stops. Y'all need to act like grown-ups. None of this fighting shit, and let's get money. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to hear that shit. This man came out on TV and called out a fucking wrestler that had nothing to do with his storyline. All because he didn't like what the guy said to him when they were in a storyline. And sat there, like, calling the guy out, trying to make him look bad on national TV. And then told everybody else on national TV, not in the script... If you got a fucking problem with me, come say something. Well, Jungle Boy came and said something. Now, Jungle Boy got his ass whooped. (laughs) So, he might want to keep the shit to himself next time. He might want to send a text. But, you can't be calling out a locker room full of fucking guys that just work out and do athletic shit all the time. And not expect somebody to have a problem with you. Like, you're asking for it. And then when you get it. You can't play the fucking victim. Oh, I was just standing there waiting to go out there for my match. I ain't trying to hear that shit. I keep telling you to shut the fuck up. If I'm Tony Khan, I would have told him by now to shut the fuck up. I keep telling you to shut the fuck up, and you keep fucking talking. This is why people keep fucking with you. You're not the locker room leader. You're not in charge of anything. You're a fucking wrestler. You're on the payroll. Come to work. Shut the fuck up. Do what I tell you. Go home. Get your money. It's that simple. Well, like I said earlier, there's only two options at this point. Either start it out or release the guy. I don't know what to say. But that's all I got. I'm seeing punk. For I'd love to see that motherfucking impact. <laughs> I win. If it's not AEW or WWE, just go home. Japan will take him. Who? Japan. Nah, they don't. Shit. Antonio Noki will come out and whoop his ass out of retirement. He over there acting crazy. They don't take that shit in Japan. Noki will come out the grave. <laughs> Is he dead? Did Antonio Noki yeah. die? Damn, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, his, his body would probably explode if he tried to work that new Japan style. Yeah, he, he can't work without getting hurt. Um, <laughs> you know, awful, awful transition, but 
we did have a couple deaths in the world of pro wrestling last week. Um, obviously, Bob Barker, who isn't quote unquote in pro wrestling, but he had pro wrestling ties, passed away at 99 years old. Fucking Price is Right. That, uh, I mean, if you were a child coming up in the last like 30 years, chances are when you were sick at home, you were watching The Price is Right with your mom or your grandmother or whoever the fuck was at home with you. Then we had Terry Funk, the legend, die at 79 years old. Um, I can remember when I first started watching NWA back in the late late early 80s, early 90s. Uh, WCW used to do a thing once a year where for 24 hours straight on TBS, they would just show like what's happening in the company in the past few years. It was Terry Funk was in a lot of that shit. Uh, I don't know if you got any memories of Terry Funk, EJ. By the time I started watching wrestling, Terry Funk had already transitioned to that role of being like murder grandpa before the New Japan murder grandpa. He was in ECW. Just I don't even know if he was in ECW when I start, first started watching. He might have already been in WCW. It was right after his WWF run, so I can't remember the timeline, but he was just the crazy hardcore guy with get on top of balconies and moonsault. So, yeah, that were my memories of him. And, you know, all of the wrestlers talking about him today, they say he was a technical guy back in the day. Yeah, he was. I hadn't had a chance. To, yeah, I hadn't had a chance to look at any of the old footage like that. But he's definitely a re- legend in the business. One of my favorite matches from the late 80s is uh, it was a Thunder. I want to think it's called a Thunderdome cage match. It was Ric Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk and the Great Muda. Um, Gary Hart was involved. Uh, I can't remember who Funkin' Muda's manager was. I won't think it was Kim Chi, maybe. Uh, but it was it was just a really good, fun match. And then Terry Funk versus Ric Flair in the I Quit match. If you can watch that, watch the stuff that led up to it. Terry Funk fucking turning on Ric Flair. That that was really good. And he was in that old school WCW game I used to play. And he had like the black tights. With the fucking weird colored yoga pants underneath it. He was the first person I ever saw to wear an outfit like that. And they put it in the video game. And then, of course, um, last week the news broke that Bray Wyatt passed away unexpectedly out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if you got any good Bray Wyatt memories, EJ. But I I think I have uh, I have two of them. One, Daniel Bryan, they made him join the Wyatt family. And Bray was, like, tormenting them. And they they were in a cage match for some reason. They were locked in there together. And Bray was like, you'll never fucking turn on me. Like, basically tell him you're my little bitch. And Bryan finally turned. And the fucking crowd during that was one of the coolest things I had ever seen before. And it had everything. I shouldn't say everything. It was just as much to do with Bray Wyatt as it was Daniel Bryan being over then. And then, of course, the first time the Shield and the fucking Wyatt family squared off. They didn't even touch. But the first time they like went face-to-face was one of the coolest fucking things I'd ever seen, too. And that, what was your other memory? That was it. That was, those were the two. Bray Wyatt and Bryan in the cage and then the Shield and Bray or the Wyatt family like squaring off. Those are really good memories I got of them. Man, first and foremost, condolences 
to the Wyndham and Rotunda family. This man was a father of young children and a husband. Such a crushing story, man. It's always crushing when a wrestler unexpectedly dies in the industry. You know, memories of Eddie dying kind of flash back in my head. But like I said, uh, he has young children, so condolences to his family. And, you know, kind of makes you look at your mortality a little bit because he's only a year older than me. 36, man. Had a whole lot of life to look forward to. Man, just heartbreaking. But as far as memories in the ring, I kind of came late to the Bray Wyatt party, man. I started, you know, paying attention to the product more in 2016. Uh, and then really didn't really dive deep into until COVID. But man, I think the Wyatt family just got back together when I first started watching. And I want to say I went to a show in Charleston and it was when, uh, what's his name? Braun Strowman first joined back. Mm. So, you know, those were some of my early memories of Bray, you know? And then a lot of the other memories are the Fiend stuff. That was such a creative portion of his career. And I feel like WWE kind of put him on chains as far as his creativity goes. I feel like it was a lot of more juice left to squeeze with that character, but I feel like he couldn't do all the things that he wanted to do with the character. So, you know, it's kind of a what if, you know, they just let him off the leash and let him do what he wanted to do. So, man, like I said, such a sad story. Yeah. So rest in peace to... Bray, Terry Funk, and uh, Bob Barker. They say they come in threes. Fortunately. Let's get to our power rankings, EJ, and then we'll take a break. Um, Obviously, the power rankings this week are going to be very AEW heavy. Uh, I mean, they just had the biggest show in the history of fucking wrestling, so... (laughs) I don't understand how it couldn't be, but I don't know your power rankings and you don't know mine, so... Let's uh let's go ahead and go. We'll we'll you'll start this time because I started last week, I believe. This is the first time I haven't written out my power rankings beforehand. What? Are you trying I mean, to I'm fucking? Sorry. Are you trying? They call it gimmick infringement in wrestling. <laughs> A little bit. I'm the I'm the renegade, and you're the ultimate warrior. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Number five. Man, what am I going to go with number five? Let me take uh, the acclaim and daddy ass. Oh, nice. That's my number five. My number five is the only WWE performer on this week, and that'll be Becky Lynch. Mm, That's a good one. Her and uh, anytime you can make Zoe Stark look good. Sorry, I had to. Oh, man, you in the Zoe Stark shade. <laughs> she's, she's she's awful. I'm sorry. Man, what's she awful at? Uh, in, in life. <laughs> good in the ring. I don't know. I don't Is like she though? I I don't know. I don't like her on the mic. I don't like her personality. I just I don't I just don't like her. Um, and it, it happens. I you know. In all seriousness, like if somebody was to see this, they're like, "Why are you hating on Zoe?" Stark? I just don't like her. She just ain't my cup of tea. Um, so 
Yeah. But Becky got the win with Trish interference uh, leading into the cage match at Payback. It's the first time I've had Becky on the list in a long time. So, put Becky on the list. My number four is your number five. Your new AEW trios champions. Daddy Ass and the Acclaimed. Or, I'm sorry, Mr. Ass. No, Badass Billy Gunn. Badass Billy Gunn. I, you know, Tony paid a lot of money for a lot of songs. He really should have paid WWE. If you would have heard, I'm an ass man. That, that. <laughs> that would have been great. They would have absolutely not licensed that to them. That been cool, <laughs> Cut the check. WWE's always fucking, they're for sale. Nah, Vince Eagle too big for that. Nah, fucking $50,000 to play that shit one time. I'm an ass man. How much you think they had to charge for fucking Metallica to play for Sting? A lot, but Metallica allowed it. I don't think Vince would allow them to do it, no matter how big the check. Vince don't give a fuck about that shit. AEW's a fucking t-shirt company to him. Okay. T-shirt company just set the tennis record. Yeah, overseas. They couldn't do that shit in America. They may have to set the record. I think they could have did a stadium over here. Nah, not with 81,000 people in it. Man, they could have done 60. I, I don't think they could have. Not here. And and by the way, I'm not selling what they did short at all. Like, 81,000 people. I don't give a fuck what country. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking people. But I don't think they could have did it here in America. I think maybe 25,000. I think they could have did... Jaguar Stadium. Not with not with that fucking not with the build to it. There's no story involved. There's no like there's nothing making me get on an airplane and go to fucking Jacksonville for it. Not with that not with that build, but hopefully they'd be smart enough to know that if they were here domestically they'd have to approach it differently. But I tell you what, picking somewhere like London, like if I didn't have other travel I had to do next year, I would seriously think about going to All In next year in London. Never fucking been. London's a good time, man. Yeah, time like, why not? Me. And then you, you get to go over there and see wrestling, and then you can go to explore a fucking country and city that you've never been to. Like, I, I think that's smart to keep doing it over there. Because people that didn't get to go this year, guess what they're saying? I got to fucking be there next year. Next year, they might have 90,000 people in there. No, the sky's the limit. They stay on the right path, straight and narrow. But you have a claim that you're number four? Yes, sir. Man, I kind of want to throw somebody from a different company, but I don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. So let me give... Let me get Orange Cassidy, best friend, number four winning stadium stampede what the fuck is wrong with John Moxley he's got a screw loose in his head his wife is such a fucking delight and <laughs> she's so like down to earth and regular and this motherfucker had somebody take 20 skewers and stick them in his fucking head and walked around with him hanging out the top of his head like a goddamn unicorn why thick thick this man has no coop, man. Mm. His wife's 
probably there to patch them up every day at night. Man, leaking blood all over the sheets <laughs> with that with that one year old, two year old daughter in bed. What are you doing, Mox? You're a family man. But yeah, <laughs> Dave in the chat says, "If you couldn't drink, imagine a dumb shit you'd do." <laughs> I guess you got a point. <laughs> True. Um, number four was OC. Number three, give me Sting. The legend, Sting, going out there and putting on the show. I'm sure we'll probably get into it a little bit later, but hats off to Sting. That's my number three. Hey. The icon came out the Metallica Seek and Destroy. I was so fucking pumped. I jumped up off my couch when I heard that shit. Because that wasn't like a... He only used that entrance music in WCW for maybe like two months. But, I was about to say, I thought you were going to say two matches. I was about to say, I could have swore he used it for longer than that. He used it for a couple months when he was a heel, and then he got injured. And when he came back, he went back to old school Sting stuff. But that Seek and Destroy shit. That shit goes hard as entrance music. Um, what number are we on for me? Are we on my number three? Yeah, this would be your number three. I'm going to go with your new AEW Women's Champion. Uh, a lot coming out of this is, the, are the outcasts over with? Are they done? Uh, does the title need to be cleaned off? Like, there's a bunch, a bunch of questions we got coming out of this. Um, but I kind of, I don't remember who I picked last week. But I remember saying, like, watch them fucking have Soraya go over because she's in England. And not for nothing, man, the crowd liked it. I've never been a fan of her as a wrestler. Like, I always thought she's kind of overrated, but it is what it is. Like, she's honestly, she's probably the biggest star in the women's division in that company. As far as, like, name value. Yeah, as far as name value and being very polarizing. Like, I'd rather see what she's got to do over Britt Baker. Jade's gone. Mercedes isn't there. I like Tony yeah. Storm more than her, but as far as being the biggest star, she's probably the biggest star in the women's division. And she just won the fucking title in front of 81,000 people that in the country that she was born in. So, good for her. Yeah, she's probably the biggest name as far as women go. Like, all the people you mentioned earlier, I don't think they got a bigger name than her, so you have a point. My number two? Fuck the Revival. You couldn't hear it, EJ. Did you hear it? Uh, I heard it. You did? <laughs> My number two, your AEW World Tag Team Champions, The Revival. Uh, again, don't really care about The Revival. Hate the Young Bucks. This is a great match. But yeah, you enjoyed it? Oh, yeah. And that's the difference with me and most fucking wrestling people. If you don't like somebody, you're kind of biased about it. I can watch a match with people I don't like, and if they kick ass in that match, I have no problem saying, that was a great fucking match. And this was a great fucking tag team match. I could have cared less who won. When when the Revival won, or FTR won, I was very fucking surprised. I, I knew the Young Bucks were going to win this fucking match. Fuck the Revival. <laughs> okay, so Revival's your number two. My number two was your number three. I got Soraya. 
like you said, she went in front of her home country, 80,000 something people. I mean, that's what everybody dreams about when they're dreaming about being a pro wrestler. So I got Saray at number two. My number one is your, and still AEW world champion, Mr. Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, MJF, retaining the belt against Adam Cole, baby. My number one pick. This match was really good, uh, but neither one of them made my number one. Not really. No. My number one has now defeated Kenny Omega, Okada, Mm -hmm. and Chris Jericho within two months. My number one is the best wrestler in the world going right now, Will Ospreay. This Bro. motherfucker is so good. That promo he cut when we were in, when he was in Atlanta, I was like, I thought this nigga was a heel. He's sitting there talking about taking care of his girlfriend and her kid. Not even his kid. He said, I got a missus at home and I'm taking care of my stepson, putting him through school. Like, how admirable is that? You're doing all this for somebody else's kid. Then on top of that, he's fucking great in the ring. I got step, I got step kids, bruv. <laughs> Man, he's got that thick. I don't even know what side of London or England. English. He's got the accent. English accent. I remember at one time I did not like Will Ospreay at all, and then it just like it's sw- kind of like with Orange Cassidy. I didn't understand it, and then it, the switch just flipped. And I think this guy is so fucking good. Like when his contract is up with New Japan. If he doesn't end up in AEW, WWE, I don't think he can go to WWE. He cusses too much. I think AEW would be the perfect place for him because he could he could be unleashed in those uh, in those press conferences and shit like that. And I think I think some people cuss too much, but for whatever reason, with British people, it works, <laughs> right? Like when Will Ospreay says call somebody a cunt, like it it sounds like it's well placed. <laughs> almost like sophisticated cursing yeah 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 because they're british right like you feel like that's what they're supposed to do so i've i'm i fucking love will osprey so that's my number one you used to confuse osprey with zach saber jr i really did i i i i I still can't stand zach saber jr and i remember i used to for whatever reason whenever i'd see osprey i would think he was zach saber jr they look nothing alike too so it makes no sense like Zack Sabre Jr. is like tall and lanky, and Will Ospreay is like short and fucking thick. Also, they say that Will Ospreay is kind of a dick online. You know, they always say, don't meet your heroes. I'm kind of scared to go and look at it because, you know, I like them in the ring. So if I go and dig in and find something I don't like, I don't want that to, you know, tarnish his image in my head. Well, you know, we have a Discord, right? In our Discord on Boot to the Face, uh, Mr. Chaos, Mike Farrell, the one who does our entrance song and the video and all that, he was just shitting on Osprey. <laughs> he comes back and he says, My bad. I was thinking about Zack Sabre Jr. So who knows if Osprey's even that guy, you know? I think I've heard rumblings on other platforms, but, yeah. you know, I don't have that much energy to go back and look, so. He's okay in my head. Lola Vice. Woo. 
So they got it on TV finally. It's a tag team match: Lola Vice and Electra Lopez versus Dana Brooke and uh, the other gymnast chick that Dana Brooke is always friends with. Kind of curious what they do with Lola Vice because I'm always Maybe. a fan of the MMA background type they characters. Could... Oh, they could do a lot with what she just did. Holy shit! I mean, she's an athlete, so yeah, she just she just went MMA upside that girl's head. Um, Let's go ahead and take a break, EJ. And when we come back, we will get into All In, All Out, and Payback. Here on Boot to the Face, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. Stay tuned. We're here. Welcome back, Boot to the Face. Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on Twitch.tv, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. EJ, let's get into the big takeaways of All In. Um, biggest show in the history of wrestling as far as paid attendance. As far as it goes, did it hit or miss for you? Because I have my thoughts on it. I enjoyed it, man. It hit. Like you said, it picked up halfway for you. It picked up as soon as FTR and the Bucks came out for me. Um, I was having a little bit of issues with my uh, the way I was watching it for that CM Punk and Joe match. So I was catching bits and pieces of it, and I still hadn't went back and watched it. Yeah. But from what I was watching, like it was okay. But like, what well, once that tag team match, it was off to the races, man. Yeah. I highly enjoyed the card. I can I agree with you. I think once that tag team match, and it, you know, again, our Discord chat which you can find on our link tree if you're not involved in it we do uh we try to be live in the in the discord during big pay-per-views and shit like that um and i put in there the first couple matches i was just like it's just kind of eh you know like these are all the matches i didn't really give a shit about and it felt that way the first hour hour and a half i was just like watching it it was now don't get me wrong. It was cool to see a lot of those AEW wrestlers coming out there with so many fucking people in the crowd. But once that tag team match happened, I don't think anything happened after that that I just was like, whatever about. Like, I think everything after that was really. Sorry, Gigi Dolan's on TV. She's... What's her boyfriend's name? It was. Uh... It's the guy he was with the he was with uh, Pete Wentz, Wesley. Zach Wentz. Yeah, Zach Wentz. Yeah, I, you know people love to say like, I wonder if Montez Ford can fight. You know when they see Be- uh, Beyonce, when they see Bianca Belair, I guarantee you I could whoop Zach Wentz ass. I don't know about Zach Wentz's fighting prowess, but yeah. mess with Montez all you want. I ain't, no, I wouldn't mess with Montez. Zach Wentz, he he can catch his he can catch his hands. Him and uh old boy that's married to Mercedes. <laughs> I know uh, he can't uh, fight either. He doesn't okay, make up yeah. for a living. <laughs> uh, yeah, I put my money on myself for being able to take him on. Never know, man. Unsuspected people. I know, right? That, that man probably been fighting ever since he's been with her. <laughs> you got to, you got to. People come at him all types of ways. Sideways. Speaking of, they put her on TV a lot. You think there's yeah. any uh you think there's any smoke where there's fire as far as Mercedes goes in AEW? 
I mean, it, there's got to be, unless you're just a complete idiot, if you're Tony Khan. By the way, they would put her on early. I'm like, oh, man, is she going to come down and make an appearance? But I guess that would be too obvious. But why flash her on your screen if you're not going to bring her in the company somewhere down the line? I mean, when fucking athletes and, and celebrities show up at WWE, they put them on TV. That's a, that's a little bit different, though. That's not a talent that can actually... You know, get involved in your company right away. I hear you, it's but like I also, cross, I also like think, I also think that if she's not involved with it, and you know, she's just a big wrestling fan, like she's not with WWE, so you can put her on TV and put her name on there, right? So I think if she's there in the crowd, why the fuck wouldn't you? Be like, look, this is such a dope event. One of the biggest stars in women's wrestling bought a fucking ticket to come here. You better be here next year. I, I get where you're coming from, but if you're Tony Khan, you still want to put out feelers to see if you actually get her in your company. Who's she going to wrestle now? Soraya? Last time they were in the ring, Soraya yeah. was out for seven years. Yeah, Soraya, Britt, put her against Britt can't the hang returning with Jade. I don't think there's anybody in AEW that can hang with her. I think she would have to slow all the way down. It's, maybe Sheeta. I think Sheeta can hang with her. Maybe Tony Storm. Rio? Nah. Mm. So I mean, so you're saying all of those wrestlers and stardom in New Japan are that much better than AEW wrestlers? Not all of them, but the ones she's worked with so far are. Yeah. Because I don't know anything about stardom really, so. I don't either. I just, know I, I, do. I just know I watched those matches and they didn't seem bad or out of place. But I could see her wrestling with Britt Baker and it not coming off well. Britt Baker is basically Charlotte of AEW. That's because Britt has regressed as far as in-ring goes. I think, uh, well, I was going to call her Sasha. Mercedes would have a pretty good match with Thunder Rosa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see her and Thunder Rosa having a good match if she ever came back. I, I, I apologize for omitting Thunder Rosa. Like, I, I hadn't even thought about her because she's been injured for so long. She could definitely hang. Um, and when I say yeah. they can hang, I'm not saying they would be just as good as her. I'm saying they're good enough to keep up with her because she's really fucking good. And you wouldn't be down for Mercedes versus Jamie Hayter? I would be. But I don't think Jamie's good enough to to keep up with her. I think, again, she would have to slow way down. In the 90s, when The Rock and Triple H were coming up together, you could see The Rock having to slow down for Triple H. The Rock was so much more athletic and so much faster and just so much better than Triple H. You could see him having to to dial it back a little bit for Triple H. And I think that's how Sasha is with the majority of people... Mercedes with the majority of people that she wrestles. But I think that's a part of why she's so good. She's able to slow it down, you know, for people that are notch below her. I think that's where Charlotte is not as good because Charlotte is one of the best in-ring people in the country. So you say. Or in the world. But when she gets in these matches where people are below her level, they come off as stinkers. <laughs> But, like, when she's in the ring with Aria, they put on a fucking show at WrestleMania. So, does, so by your logic, then Sasha's, um, Sasha, then Charlotte's not one of the best wrestlers in the world. 
Because you can't bring people up with you. And you only have good matches against other wrestlers that are the best. Well, let me rephrase it. She's got the tools to be the best wrestler in the world because she could go in the ring. I disagree, but we ain't talking about Charlotte. Whatever. But yeah, I say bring Mercedes in. Oh, I. by the way, I'm not against her coming in. I'm just saying I don't think it would be as big as it would be if she were to go back to WWE. I would, she's not doing that. So I think the best thing for her would be not to sign with AEW, but to like be a mercenary, you know? Wrestle here, wrestle in Impact, wrestle in fucking WWE for a one-off. Like, I think she's got the cachet now to where she can just say, like, yeah, I'll, I'll come work with y'all for two months. I'll come to two big matches for you. And then go to AEW. So, yeah, I, you know, I'll wrestle Jamie Hayter in a non-title match. I'll wrestle Tony Storm. I don't want your title. I just want your money. I mean, to us, I think she's big enough to do that. But I don't think WWE would let her just come for a one-off. WWE <laughs> like wouldn't. Saying. AEW would. New oh, Japan yeah, would. would. I- Impact would. TN- uh, TNA. Uh, NWA would. And I think that's what she'll probably do. I don't think she'll sign anything long-term with AEW. I think she'll probably be in that Will Ospreay-type role. It was reported that Will Ospreay is going to wrestle at uh, Bound for Glory this year in October for Impact. Really? Yeah. That's huge for Impact. Yeah. Uh, give me a triple threat with him, Trey Miguel, and Chris Bay. I'll buy the pay-per-view. Those three. Huh. I'll buy the fucking pay-per-view. Chris Bay, Trey Miguel... And Will Ospreay, I'll buy the pay per view right now. When I I say when I when I say buy the pay per view, EJ, I'm not really gonna buy the pay per view. I'm just gonna watch the pay per view. But you you know you get what I'm saying. Don't tell nobody. Um, (laughs) You don't think him versus Walking Weapon will probably end up happening? Yeah, but that's to me that's not as I don't know. I would love it for Chris Bay and Trey Miguel because you know that would put them on another level. Having, just having that rub from being in the ring with Will Ospreay. Again, if 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 he's a mercenary, right, he's not going to win the title. Don't put him in a title match. Put him in a fucking yeah. match where we don't know if he's going to win or not. And if he does win, it doesn't hurt anybody. Well, right now, uh, Josh Alexander, he doesn't have the title. He, so he will thinking, by Bound for Glory. Maybe. You don't see Shelly going that far? I, honestly, I didn't even know Shelly was still the champion. I mean, Bound for Glory is technically next month. It's not quite September yet, but isn't Bound for Glory October? Yeah, mid-October. I think they're trying to go in Bound for Glory with Shelly as a champion. We're supposed to be so talking about All In. <laughs> we are talking about Bound for Glory. Um, hey. Give me your top three moments and or matches of of all in and then we'll move on to payback and all out my top three it would have to be the main event you know mjf and cole this is probably the best in-ring story that aw has told as far as mm. main event goes i don't know if you agree with that or talk not. about it. i completely agree with you so that was my number one and number two you know I can't leave this man off my best moments of the pay-per-view. Sting, the icon, 
him jumping on the table at 65 years old, even though it didn't break the first time, but you know he corrected it. <laughs> he but tried I, to he tried to kill Swerve that second time. Like he was mad at Swerve the table didn't break. He just fucking jumped on the motherfucker's back through the table <laughs> as first. All his weight came down. I'm surprised Swerve didn't get hurt. And then people were talking about Swerve's dreads being in the coffin. Now we getting too technical, people. The coffin was dropped. Why we got to get all technical with his dreads being caught in it? <laughs> but I digress. It'd be cool if he came out on Wednesday. Like, we didn't really lose. Yeah. <laughs> if you were smart booking, you would, you know, play off of that. But it's Tony Khan. Tony mm. Khan's a great matchmaker, terrible booker. Mm. But my number three, man, that's a tough one. You like the Will Ospreay and Jericho. I thought it was good, okay. I mean, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't like Jericho. I don't either. This, Ospreay <laughs> made Jericho look like a million dollars, though. He did, he did. But I don't know if that would be my number three. My number three would be FTR and Bucks. You already went into detail. That was a banger of a match. My, uh, my three moments uh sting coming out to metallica and then the whole match i don't know man i'm a i'm a fucking little stinger when that guy comes out i'm like a little kid when i see sting i i'm 41 years old i did not expect at this age to still see my favorite wrestler wrestling this late in the game so when i whenever i see it you should have heard me at dynamite i was like a little bitch like a little (laughs) bitch when sting came out when he howled, I howled. I beat on my chest the whole nine. Um, so just to be at this age to still, you know, we talk about all the time, like our childhood's dying. Like every time a wrestler dies from like the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And here Sting is all these fucking years later still going. Like how could he not be in my top three? Uh, another one, you know, Soraya winning in front of that crowd popped big time for that. Like that was a moment. I'm not a a big fan of her but that was a moment and i know she's been through a lot of stuff but she she looks good too she's in good shape put it like that she's in good ring shape that's how we'll say it there's other ways we said it on the discord i did at least um which probably led to alicia too blocking me <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that at another time uh my number one moment mm. I'll go with MJF and Adam Cole. I think that was I think that was really well done. You said it earlier. You said that's probably the best story they've told in a match in a long time. It really was. Like and and it's because we don't know what's going on. Like is MJF really fucking faking still? Cause there, there was a couple times he could have did some dastardly shit. And he didn't. And Cole was like, shit, nigga, I will. (laughs) When he went to Tombstone him on the table and he didn't, Cole didn't hesitate. And then you got Roderick Strong walking around with that dingy-ass neck brace on. Still trying to get involved. Like, something's clearly going to happen. They stayed friends or whatever. Great match. Great ending. Great psychology for all of it. I I just liked it. I thought overall the pay-per-view was probably like a B-minus. 
because it started out very slow. But after the FTR and Bucks match, they was like you said, they was off to the races. So I, if I had to grade the pay per view, I'd give it a B minus. So you enjoyed this one more than you did. I mean, you enjoyed SummerSlam more than you did this one. Yeah, just because SummerSlam had a. I'm a I'm a storyline guy, EJ. We've talked about this. SummerSlam had a better storyline for damn near everything. This was just kind of like a week before the pay per view. We were still announcing matches. Fair enough. Now you like what you like. SummerSlam didn't end the way I wanted to. <laughs> I was kind of salty about that, but yeah, I. And I know this is kind of their WrestleMania, so we'll say I enjoyed WrestleMania more than I enjoyed this. Well, I definitely enjoyed WrestleMania more than this, but I think I enjoyed this more than I did SummerSlam, to be honest. But you have to realize also, like, you're comparing this to WrestleMania. Like, WrestleMania's a big fucking deal. You're comparing this to SummerSlam. SummerSlam's a big fucking deal. This has only had two iterations of it. By the way, AEW is now selling the first all-in on Blu-ray and DVD. I've already bought mine. I've been waiting so long for this. I haven't watched all-in at all since I went there for it five years ago. It could be a hunk of shit. But what I remember, it was great. So I hope it comes with, like, uh, documentary-style extras on it where it's behind the scenes with, like, Cody, the Bucks, and Omega as they're producing their first show. I really hope it comes with that kind of stuff. That'd be dope. But hopefully AEW could keep the momentum going because no doubt. Revolution was okay. The main event was good with MJF and Danielson. I did not really like Double or Nothing. I like Forbidden Door and I like this. And overall, WWE's been hitting on basically all their pay-per-views starting from the chamber, even though SummerSlam wasn't my cup of tea necessarily, but Man, it's it's good momentum for wrestling in general, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think without all the backstage shit that they've got going on, I I really hope they come out tomorrow just fucking firing on all cylinders and all out is a really good pay-per-view come Sunday night. Um, Speaking of pay-per-views this weekend, let's get into it. Let's get into... WWE Payback, and then we'll go to AEW All Out. Not for nothing, I think WWE did a really good job last night with uh, making me buy into some of the stuff from Payback. So uh, let's start it out. We have. That's not an actual match, though. Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And these boys were told by Mommy, if they don't bring home the gold, we're going to have to do some goddamn changes in here. Who you got, EJ? Hmm. They've had the belt since WrestleMania. And this tag team division... It's been pretty much dead in the water. So let me let me go with Judgment Day to shake things up. I got Judgment Day as well. 
I think uh, I would love to see Judgment Day lose. And uh, what's the boy's name that been running around with Finn Balor with the big ass head? JD McDonough. I'd love to see McDonough and Dom Dom come out there and they give KO and Sammy a beat down. And then Priest cashes in for the tag titles. I don't want to see that happen. He ain't going to be world champion. I'd rather see him cash in successfully for the tag titles and see him cash in unsuccessfully for the world title. I, I want to see him try at least and fail. Mm. Well, like, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Sure it does. He it's wants to keep the judgment day together. What's that? He wants to keep the judgment day together. It makes perfect sense. Uh, judgment day his wife? No, but I mean, he's he hasn't had more success in his wrestling career since he joined Judgment Day. So he'd like to keep them together. To hell with their feelings. I want to get a world championship. <laughs> I mean, that's a way you could pivot into that. I, I want to keep it together, but I don't know. That'd be a waste. For him he, to cash in, even though he's in the match? Like, you're saying he would cash in? No, they would lose, and then... Jump oh, K- KO and Sami Zayn at the end, and then he would cash in because fucking Rhea told them if y'all don't end up with gold, changes are gonna happen. And then she could come out and be like, "What the fuck did I tell y'all?" And then they could jump KO and Sami Zayn, and then he cash in and take the belts. That's even worse, unless that match happens after the World Heavyweight Championship. Why, Why is that worse? Wait? Why wouldn't he just wait for Seth to be hurt? cash in on that because he ain't worried about that he's worried about fucking what Rhea told him and Rhea's the leader now that would solidify her as the leader of the group he was so scared that she was going to kick him out the group that he uses money in the bank briefcase to fucking cash in the tag titles now she's completely in charge I don't know I have to see how it played out <laughs> yeah, I mean this shit ain't going to happen but I'm just I'm just thinking out loud uh, but I do have Judgment Day winning the tag titles. Me as well. Uh, we have the megastar, the most overman in WWE, The Miz versus LA Knight. The Miz is the most over guy. <laughs> you can't tell me The Miz didn't put his ass in a blender last night. Yeah. Didn't he do the same thing with The Rock, dressed up like The Rock? Yeah, but this was way funnier. It was entertaining. I mean, Miz does his job well. The Miz and LA Knight. The Miz has won like two matches all year. Obviously, LA Knight's going to win this, but I agree with a lot of what the Miz says about LA Knight. They're playing with fire. He's flirting with burying the guy on TV, even if he has some true points. But give me LA Knight as well. United States Championship, Rey Mysterio defending against your boy, Austin Theory. Same way you're not picking CM Punk in a match, I'm not picking Austin Theory. Give me Rey Mysterio. I got a feeling Santos Escobar is going to get in, involved, and cost Rey Mysterio the title. And then, well, I put the belt on Rey just to put Austin Theory right back in the same position he was before dropping the title. 
Ray can't have a fucking long title run. Like, no, he can't. To create to create conflict between Ray and Santos. That's fine. I'll be done with that storyline. But then, what are you doing to do with Austin Theory after that? He can go back to fucking not defending the title and talking shit to John Cena. Oh, and did you see John Cena's coming back on a lengthy yeah, comeback tour? I did see that. Interesting. It's probably because of the writer strike, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's got to be. I haven't remember him doing a run like that recently. The summer of Cena, that was 2021. I don't even know if he did that long of a run. He can I don't think Cena can last that long anymore. What do you mean last that long? Do a summer of Cena where he's wrestling matches every week. I don't I don't think his body can do that anymore. I mean, when he when he came back in 2021, he wasn't wrestling every week, but pretty much showed up on a regular basis that summer leading up to that Roman match at SummerSlam. I don't yeah, think I don't I don't think they should roll Cena out every week like that. I think Kind of like how when The Rock came back, eventually like people started saying, hey, he's just saying the same old shit again. I think that's how it would be with Cena. Like, hustle, loyalty, respect. You can't see me and never give up. Like, enough of this shit. It's 2023. Yeah. You know, maybe it's more special when you do it in spurts and right. you know, don't do it all the time because, you know, people don't get tired of it. Because every time he's been back since semi-retiring, Fans have been going crazy for him, so maybe you lose that bit of specialness if you bring him out too many times. But I think I saw like ten dates or so, something crazy. Yeah, he he's got he's got like seven weeks worth of fucking showing up. It'll be interesting. Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch in a steel cage match. Oof. You think this will be any good? Yeah, I do. I I think Becky can carry Trish to a good match. Let's hope so. I mean, she just did it with Zoe Stark. Like, yeah, but Zoe ain't damn near fifty years old. Trish, no. Trish is in great enough shape to still be able to wrestle how she always wrestled. We'll see, man. I'm I'm hoping. You act like Trish was fucking Luthez or somebody. Trish wasn't always like the best in the ring. Like she could still do her regular shit. I don't know. Some of these matches on her comeback, she had some rough spots, but like she's always said, had those though. That's always been Trish Stratus. Oh. We just ignored yeah. it because she was fucking twenty five and hot as fucking fish grease. You got a better memory than I do. I can't even really remember matches like that back in the day. So, I'm going to say, you know, it's a gimmick match, too, so they can hide stuff. They don't have to put on, like, a five-star classic. But Becky's good enough where, like you said, she could carry the match. Steel cage. Even though it's a steel cage, you know Trish is going to have something up her sleeve. But, and they just made her beat Zoe. I might be looking or thinking too hard on this. but You are. Let me Give me Becky. It's simple. Becky's going to win this one and then go win the NXT Women's Championship. I did see Tiffany Stratton in the crowd. Mm, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, Rhea Ripley, your women's world champion versus Raquel. This is a very raw, heavy pay-per-view. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, of the seven matches announced, actually mm-hmm. six matches announced, four of them are raw matches, and one of them is the Miz versus LA Knight. Cross brand. Ray and uh, Theory, that's the only one probably, right? Yeah, that's the only SmackDown match. You know, remember back in the day they used to do raw only pay-per-views? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. And what did you say the next match was? Uh, Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. Let me tell you how dumb her Raquel's fucking promo was yesterday. She said, and I quote, Rhea Ripley is going to have me as a problem as long as she keeps using her size and strength to dominate our division. I'm sorry, what? So she... (laughs) She... (laughs) She's supposed to stop using her advantage that she has over everybody else? You're mad because she's bigger and stronger than everybody else and she's using it? Now, Raquel's promo was dumb as shit. That clothesline? <laughs> there wasn't nothing dumb about that. She clotheslined the shit out of Ripley last night. Oh my God. Took her head off almost. That shit hurt me. I mean... It's about time she showed a little fire instead of flexing those back muscles, but she's still going to take the L. Oh, yeah. Rhea Ripley's definitely winning this one. So that's that. Now we have the main event. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. I've never taken Shinsuke Nakamura serious as a world title challenger. This is the most serious that they've presented him to me, personally. I love it. I love the... I love him talk speaking in uh, Japanese and them giving subtitles. I know, like, this ain't fucking Kai and Tai. You know what I mean? Like, this makes sense for the subtitles. I love that. I love how serious he is. I love him showing up whooping Seth's ass last night. He still ain't going to win, though. Seth Rollins. You got Rollins? Yep. I don't know if this is going to be the main event, but if it oh, yeah. is, this will be the first time. The World Heavyweight Championship has been the main event, right? This is the co-main event. Becky and Trish are the other main event. Oh, so he still haven't had the title on his main event then. I mean, I don't know how serious I could take this title if they won't even main event it on the show. It's the main event, but it's the co-main event. I mean, it's not the main event. It is the main (laughs) event. It's the last one going out. That's the main event. The last fight on a Uh, boxing thing is the main event. I thought you said it was the co-main event. It is. The, Becky and Trish are the co-main event. Uh, okay, I thought you said Seth was the co-main event. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I apologize. Becky and Trish are the co-main event is what they're billed okay. as in the steel cage. Is this, on, is this reported on WWE.com? I just I just made it up. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, because uh, when I, I look on Wikipedia a lot, and sometimes they'll have the match order in one place, and then once you go to the pay-per-view, it'll be all switched around. Yeah. I feel like Becky and Trish will go on right before Seth and Nakamura. That makes it the co-main event. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, Nakamura ain't winning. They got Seth. You know what match I like that they didn't put on this card? 
U.S. Jay versus Jimmy. Yeah, I saw that. that. That was what I was looking at. I don't know if you heard me say what the fuck, but Jimmy versus Jay was on there. Uh, and also the Intercontinental title, Gunther and uh, your boy Gable. That's going to be on Raw. Mm, they better not get cute. Oh, they're going to piss me off so bad. What if, if they make Gable win on Monday? It, this time next week, he'll have broken Honky Tonk's record unless they get cute, which I wouldn't put it past them and, and let Gable win. I know it's just a stupid wrestling record, but... Why have him have this long reign just to let him drop it like two days before the record? I mean, everybody wanted Roman to lose to Cody before he got a thousand days. I didn't. I mean, I I heard people's arguments. It's just a record. It's not real. Then why have numbers invented in the first place? (laughs) I mean, it's still a record. So... I hope Gunther retains next week, but who knows? This all-out card is trash. It's only like five matches announced from what I saw earlier. And they get this motherfucker. You know they're gonna have they get this motherfucker Booker of the Year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meltzer did that. I told you earlier. I said, they gave this motherfucker that. Booker of the Year, the biggest card of the year besides an outlier in England. They got five matches announced five days before the card. Like I, like I said earlier, he's good at matchmaking. It's just no type of buildup leading into it, which is like the booking aspect of it. Because I'm sure they're going to have verbal diarrhea of announcing all these extra matches tomorrow on Dynamite, and it's going to be fine. But, you know, you didn't have any buildup towards it. And, you know, you had a week in between that big pay-per-view, but still... Let me ask you. You got tickets to All Out in Chicago. You're traveling from Missouri to Chicago this weekend. Not one world champion is defending their title. Not the women. Not MJF. Not even that fake-ass title CM Punk has. And not the tag titles. You don't have one world champion on this show. Are you upset? I mean, if that's the final card, yeah. I'm saying right now, Tuesday night, you 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 done pay for a hotel, you travel, all that, and the matches are five matches. Right now, the main event is listed as Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. I'm a I wouldn't be mad though, if you believe it or not, because I'm a logical guy and I know they're gonna be announcing more matches. That's what I'm saying. If it's tonight, no, not so much. But if we go by Dynamite and they still hadn't announced anything. Man, I start to get heated a little bit. Opening match is Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I love this feud. You do? I do. And I don't know who I want to win. I love Miro. I love Powerhouse Hobbs. I think both of them are world champion caliber people in the company right now. Um, I think Miro needs to stick around for more than a couple months at a time before he disappears again. And if he does, I think he's definitely world champion material. I Right now, I think Powerhouse Hobbs could beat MJF and take the title from him. Hmm. They put him, if they build him up in the next couple months, I think the next pay-per-view, he's the perfect fucking heel to take the title from MJF. 
bigger than MJF, stronger than MJF, a badass, just beat the dog shit out of him. He could if they build him up, but I don't think he could right now at this exact moment. I mean, they obviously, like, MJF is involved with Adam Cole and all that shit, and that's probably going somewhere. But right now, the top heel, the most believable heel in AEW is Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, I'd be thrilled if they put it on a black champion, especially of Powerhouse Hobbs ilk, but... Who's a bigger heel right now, though? Who's, like, who's the top heel besides Christian? Who's the top heel in AEW? How the MJF isn't? That's a good uh, question, actually. Probably BCC, I guess. Are they though? Because they came out in Atlanta and everybody cheered. They're more like mercenaries, like just fight anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, probably Christian. Now that you said something, like because MJF is no longer a heel. Uh, Jack Perry, he's up there as far as heat. Um, he, ain't, he ain't believable. He got choked out by CM Punk backstage. <laughs> won't, won't believe in Jack Perry no more. I say probably Don Callis is probably. <laughs> hey, have fucking Hobbs join the Don Callis family. I dig it. I wouldn't be mad at that. Definitely, you know, put him on higher level as far as visibility if he were with Don Callis because Don Callis is on TV every week and. Kesta kind of stepped his game up since joining that. Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Who you got? You said you took Powerhouse? Uh, I haven't made a decision yet. Oh, well, I'm a Powerhouse guy as well, but I'm going to take Miro on this one. And how come Miro's been stopped and started so many times lately? I don't know, bro. Does he just not like being there? (laughs) (laughs) Rumor has it he got into it with Punk also. I thought he was defending him. Rumor rumor is that Punk said, you got a problem with me too? You want to go outside? Miro was like, yeah, what's popping? (laughs) Miro would would break him. That's a a rumor though. Miro said that some of that shit wasn't true. But it's like Miro... Is he like a WWE guy? Does he want to go back there? Or is oh, it no. injury? I, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't know what the issue is with him starting and stopping so much. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's stupid. Like, push the guy. We like him, you know? AEW fans love Miro ever since he's been there. Yeah. I think this is where his momentum starts. I think Miro gets the win over Powerhouse. So we both got Miro. Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. Takeshita. Hmm. This is going to be a banger. I guess that's why they didn't do it last week. They're trying to save it for this week. I think this is going to be 50-50 booking, which I don't like. So, give me Kenny Omega. Same. I think Omega wins this one. Women's match, AEW TBS Championship. Chris Statlander, the champion, defending against Ruby Soho. Ruby, Ruby Soho. I got Ruby. New AEW TBS champion. Man, I was pretty excited 
when Statlander took the belt off of Jade, but I feel like her momentum has halted since defending this belt. And I don't like that. I want to be talking, you know, good things about Chris Statlander's title defense or her title run. I don't know, man. Maybe they're not featuring her enough. I don't know. Maybe it's her promo skills. She's got no personality. Maybe that's it. She's got more personality than those little backstage things that she do with uh, Bivens. What's my boy's name? Uh, Malcolm Bivens. Stokely yeah. Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway and Samoa Joe. She shows more personality doing that stuff than she does on TV. What, uh, what, is that online? I yeah, it's on, it's on Stokely's Twitter. Like He posts stuff about it all the time. Where has he been? He needs to be... On he wrestles on uh he wrestles on collision and fucking him and Samoa Joe. I, I can't remember the last time I seen Stokely. Is he an ROH or something? No, he's fucking uh He's with Samoa Joe and I can't remember who else he's with. I I must have missed him. I didn't see him on collision. He literally wrestled with Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe's tag team partner. Stokely Hathaway dude? Yes! It's probably on ROH. Guys. You're probably right. It was ROH. I missed that episode. He was with him and Samoa Joe were a team. And, like, Joe Joe did something where he, like, it was some kind of miscommunication. And Stoke was on Twitter, like, yelling, talking shit. Like, he was trying to get me hurt. He was just moving out of the way so he didn't roll his ankle or something like that. And then he'll be backstage, like, him and Chris Statlander were talking. And Joe came and, like, pushed him out of the way. And they got Stokely, like, cleaning their titles and shit like that. He was in a feud with Matt Hardy's kid on social media where he broke into the Hardy compound. <laughs> I, saw, like, I, saw, I think I saw that one. <laughs> he was trying to fight little Maximus or whatever his name is. Man, give me uh, Stokely Hathaway back on Collision or Dynamite and then uh, let him form a faction with Will Hobbs and... Give me a heel top flight whenever old boy recovers from his leg break. I mean, you could have Stokely be the Leo Rush to Hobbs' Bobby Lashley. That too, that would work. But I just had, don't have fucking Hobbs bending over, slapping his ass cheeks. <laughs> that was weird. But I had top flights being one of my breakout tag teams when we did that at the beginning of the year, but injury stopped that. But when he comes back, bring him as a heel tag team. Try to switch it up some. So who you got, Statland or Soho? I got Statland. That's our first opposite pick because I got Soho winning. Uh, the winner of Orange Cassidy and Penta to face John Moxley for the international championship. Whoever wins that match, I think Moxley wins the title. Yeah, same. I think Orange Cassidy wins on Wednesday and then the injuries finally catch up then. This boy whole arm about to fall off his socket. <laughs> what movie was that with Van Damme where they were fight they were doing like backyard kickboxing shit and at the end of it they took duct tape and wrapped around their fist and put the broken glass on there. You remember that movie? Was that Bloodsport? Was it Bloodsport that the big Asian guy killed his friend? I don't I don't know. It might have been Bloodsport. They fought in the Kumite. I wasn't a big John claude Van Damme guy. 
Anyway, that's what Orange Cassidy did, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't formulate the tweet that I wanted to. But I wanted to. I think you're right. I think it was Bloodsport. They fought in the fucking Kumite, and he put the fucking duct tape around his fist and then put it in the crunched up glass. Pretty sick shit, man. <laughs> OC had to get gangster with that shit, dog. Man, yeah, Moxley kissing Sue. What does this guy Moxley think he is? Who does he think he is? That man kissed his mama. Doing the most. After having skewers put in his fucking head. Uh, Main event as of right now is Luchasaurus defending the TNT Championship versus Darby Allin. Um, I want to say Darby Allin's going to win, but I'm not. Because... Christian walking around with the fuck. Luchasaurus wrestled without Christian and didn't bring the title out. And then the next night, Christian wrestled and wore the title. <laughs> and he's not the champion. I I think this is too much entertainment. They can't take the title off of him yet. So I got Luchasaurus winning. Yeah, you're referring to, uh, what was it, Rampage, where he didn't walk out with the title at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And then Christian came out on Collision, I think, and wore the title. I would say Luchasaurus defending Christian's title against uh, Darby, who I have. Hmm. Who is, uh, what's Keanu James's tag team partner name that she was feuding with? It's Fallon Henley. They got her out there in some jeans right now with NXT Anonymous. It's a good look for her. <laughs> um, man. She has some jeans and cowboy boots on. Definitely gonna be catching NXT later then. Um They're about to do the women's fucking um uh, four-way finally, but it's only fifteen minutes left in the show. And they're just now doing the intros for it. Here comes they, Roxy. NXT, they go over TV time a lot of the time. They'll go like five, seven minutes over sometimes. Roxy's so little. Yes, she is. Um, but back to the man at hand. Uh Man, when did Luchasaurus win the belt? Like a month or so ago, right? It's been a couple months. This is the hot potato title. Mm. I don't want to take Arby, but you got Christian Factor playing into it. Let me go with Luchasaurus to retain. I agree. Luchasaurus. Five matches so far. If you oh, had to do Oh this, boy. She's winning. What happened? She's winning. Gigi brought the cakes back. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say winning. if uh you had to make a prediction on what uh, matches are gonna be added, what do you think is gonna be added to this card? They gotta have MJF. Oh my god, cameraman. Against who now? Now that you're saying punk is been suspended. Would you quit asking me questions right now, EJ? <laughs> Okay, they went to commercial. We're good. <laughs> oh my god! Looking at NXT. Oh my god! You don't know what just happened just now. That was like some fucking beautiful people Velvet Sky camera work right there that just happened. NXT. NXT. What were you asking me? <laughs> I was saying, if you had to predict what matches would get added, you said MJF, but who does he face now with Punk being suspended? 
Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, you're right. I I don't think they can have MJF uh, defend the title. Maybe FTR defends it against mm. fucking Bullet Club Gold. Ooh, they put on that's bangers cool. left and right. Why not? That's that's an easy. Hey, that's an easy. Uh, that's an easy thing to book. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, I think it's going to be Soraya versus Britt. Or, here we go. Let's do MJF and Adam Cole versus FTR and unify the fucking ROH and AEW titles. Mm, I wouldn't be mad at that. Or not even unify, just champion versus champion. That way you still got ROH and AEW champions instead of unifying them. But champion versus champion tag match. But then you have them, you have FTR beat them again? Yeah, I do. Uh, you'd have to have Cole take the pin this time, though, right? It doesn't matter who takes the pin. I wouldn't be mad at that. But that, I think, a Soraya will defend against Britt, probably. You know, it would be more fun, though, if she defended against Tony. Oh, yeah. She'd have to. Honestly, I think that I think that is the match. I think Tony Storm versus Soraya is the match for the world title. She sprayed her in the face with fucking spray paint, and Tony fucking punched her mom. <laughs> hey, you got to get your get back on that one. That's just straight up disrespectful. It was an accident. Um... You think they throw a claim on there? I don't know who they would face, though. I don't know. I, I The fact that we got to sit here and five days beforehand, we got to speculate on what match is going to be added pisses me off. <laughs> uh, you know what I want in my scene in the future? Uh, Tony Khan booking correctly? Well, of course that. Uh, Mox winning that international title. Then uh, Danielson coming back from that injury, and then the BCC winning those trios titles and just have all the belts. I wouldn't mind that. Whenever he returns, it's probably going to be most likely full gear. Ah, I guess that's the card, huh? Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, like you said, they only had a week to build this card. I knew this was going to happen, though. <laughs> they weren't going to have any matches announced till at Dynamite. But it is what it is, man. Any omissions that we got, EJ? Anything we leave out? Man, I think we hit everything, man. Good show, good show. Last week on 80 Proof, EJ, uh, some guy was talking shit about you, saying you uh, you got a, a Haymaker MMA TikTok and you don't have a boot-to-the-face TikTok. You know, I don't know hey. who that guy was, but that's on the way. Be on the lookout for that boot to the face TikTok. I got something in the works. Just When's the next Haymaker show? We just had one drop yesterday. Um, doing that Singapore car, so we won't be on until next. Not this. Not next week. The week after next. Do y'all do all combat sports? Or you just do MMA. We do everything. 
So you yeah, talked about so uh, the boxing match that happened where the guy faked the low blow and he really should have got knocked out. I probably will bring that as a topic on our next boxing show because that was egregious. That was bullshit. I don't know the guy's name, but I saw I saw it, and it was nowhere close to being a fucking low blow. Like he yeah, should have been counting out. Fight. Yeah, yeah, that was. And then the ref didn't even explain the rules before the fight. It was all types of wrongdoing in that fight. But yeah, that's a, that's good that you brought it up. I'll put that. Make sure I talk about that on the next boxing show. Catch that on Haymaker. Uh, you can catch 80 Proof on Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch and on audio. Also catch this on the audio. I just released a uh, throwback episode of our interview with Alicia Atut because I found out that she blocked me on Twitter, and I don't know why. Yeah, what's that about, man? I don't know. Like, what the? F- I don't even know how I found out about it. Like, I was doing something on Twitter, and I saw her name on it, and I clicked on it, and it said, you are blocked. And I was like, the fuck? (laughs) So in honor of the unfortunate news that Alicia, too, blocked me on Twitter, I released a Boots to the Face interview that we had with her uh, in early 2020, which was, she was really good on it. It was my first interview I had done with a wrestling personality, and I was listening back to it, and it was just cringeworthy how I sounded. Probably not bad at all. No, nah, it was awful. It was not good. <laughs> it was well, not good. It didn't even sound like my voice. It sounded like somebody else. And when was this interview done? 2020. Early 2020. Yeah, it's probably not bad at all. Again, it was it was the first time I had interviewed a wrestling personality, so it could have been a little nerves. But... This is, this is before the Mickey interview. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, it. It wasn't my best, but I've gotten good feedback on it. J- shout out to Jeff from uh, Fully Posable. He texted me today. He said, "Damn, good get with Alicia Toot." And then he texts me a minute later. He goes, "This must be an old interview because <laughs> y'all were talking about WrestleMania in Tampa." And I was like, "Yeah, it was at the very beginning." But he said he enjoyed it. Uh, shout out to Fully Posable. They they shout us out almost every week. Uh, and and pay attention and listen to us. So, shout out to them. Shout out to all our our podcasting buddies. You know, you got Chick Foley. I was on their uh, open mic show with Marco. Uh, Talkamania, even though they don't record as much anymore. Irish Whip, Chaos Theory, uh, the Enemies Pod. They're finally back. They've been back for about a month now. I think right. Yeah. Yeah, Any other podcast you want to shout out? I want to say shout out to Chaos him with the new Heat Check podcast. Man. Check that out. It's dope. Well, EJ, let's end this because Keanu James just walked out. And uh, I ain't going to be able to concentrate with her and Gigi Dolan in the ring together. <laughs> so until next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday night. For EJ Reed, I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boot to the Face. Peace.